Hello, and welcome to Blogs on Tape. Today's post is High Gygaxian, written by James Malazuski and originally published on his blog Grognardia at grognardia.blogspot.com. High Gygaxian. Whatever other virtues later editions of Dungeons and Dragons may possess, none of them compare to the Baroque splendor of High Gygaxian speech. It is, hands down, the one thing I miss most about D&D. Reading Gygax at his florid best, even when he's misusing words, which he sometimes did, transports me in a way that no other gaming books ever have. Consider this classic description of the alignment restrictions on the assassin class. Assassins are evil in alignment. Perforce, as the killing of humans and other intelligent life for the purpose of profit, is basically held to be the antithesis of wheel. Perforce? Antithesis of wheel? Who writes like that anymore? In what game book can you find such prose nowadays? Modern game books read like what they are technical manuals. There's nothing wrong with that, I suppose, but I much prefer my role-playing books to be quirky, idiosyncratic things that reveal the mind of their authors. I like to be reminded that there was an actual human being behind these volumes, whose word choices reflect his personality and preferences, rather than the demands of mere utility. High Gygaxian speech sounds to me like a local dialect of Hyvancian. I once told Gary my opinion on this, and he demurred. He didn't think his own peculiar voice was anywhere near as erudite and witty as that of Jack Vance, saying that it was mostly the result of having read a lot of rather old-fashioned books when he was a kid, coupled with his lifelong love of dictionaries and thesauruses. Even so, there's something rapturous about the way Gary wrote, and it's part of the lasting appeal first edition has for me. There are hints of it in OD&D, even in the Three Little Brown books, but it's not until later that it reaches its fullest flower. I know there are many for whom High Gygaxian is the thing they miss least about D&D. I can certainly understand not liking the particular way Gary wrote, as it's an acquired taste, but I have a hard time fathoming a preference for game books being treated primarily as instruction manuals rather than as occasions to inspire, exhort, and enchant one's imagination through words. Like this bit from Vault of the Drow. The true splendor of the vault can be appreciated only by those with infravision, or by the use of the rosate lens, or a gem of seeing. The vault is a strange anomaly, a hemispherical cyst in the crust of the earth, an incredibly huge domed fault over six miles long and nearly as broad. The dome overhead is a hundred feet high at the walls, arcing to several thousand feet high at the center. When properly viewed, the radiation from certain unique minerals gives the visual effect of a starry heaven, while near the zenith of this black stone bowl is a huge mass of tumcuite, which, in its slow decay and transformation to lassofsite, sheds a lurid gleam, a ghostly plum-colored light to human eyes, but with ultravision, a wholly different sight. The small star nodes glow in radiant hues of mauve, lake, violet, puce, lilac, and deep blue, 
The large moon of Tumquite casts beams of shimmering amethyst, which touch the crystalline formations with colors unknown to any other visual experience. The lichens seem to glow in rose matter and pale damson, the fungi growths in golden and red ochres, vermilions, russets, citrons, and aquamarine shades. Elsewhere, the river and other watercourses sheen a deep velvety purple with reflected highlights from the radiant gleams overhead, vying with streaks and whorls of old silver where the liquid laps at the stony banks or surges against the ebon piles of the jetties and bridges of the elfin city for the viewer's attention. Again, I say, you'll find few passages in contemporary adventures that are as evocative. Like Gary himself, I've demurred when someone called my style of writing Gygaxian. I lack Gary's flair, and too many years in academia have infected my writing with ad verbitis. Yet I can't deny that High Gygaxian was a major influence on me as a kid. I know that my vocabulary grew considerably as a result of reading my AD&D books. His writing was challenging and often difficult to decipher, but it also showed me the importance of finding one's own unique voice and using it to make connections to other people. Goodness knows Gary connected with me through his writings, and, as I've recently been reminded, in this respect, I certainly am following in his footsteps. That was High Gygaxian, read by Nick L.S. Whalen. Blogs on Tape is a project that works with authors to create audio recordings of the best works in the OSR, hopefully making them more accessible to everyone. If you'd like to help, please get in touch with me by email. You can reach me at ls at paperspencils.com. Thank you for listening.